I'm Suzanne. And I'm Peter. And you are listening to Sex Advice for Seniors. And we thought today we wouldn't have any guests on at all. And we would talk about that very sensitive but quite relevant topic for many of us is STDs, just general kind of health issues, and how challenging that can be to bring up in a conversation, especially if you're in a new relationship. And Yeah, yeah. I, I remember watching um, a short video about some of this um, quite some time ago, I think, and how... You know, as you get older, you still have the um, you still have the mindset of a young person. Uh, we still think we're twenty or twenty five, you know, topped twenty five, and so you you are fairly blasé about about things like STDs and and the rest of it. Um, but as you you know reach your sixties, you realise that you have all sorts of stuff hanging around, um, and you know, STDs are, are really only uh, a small part of it. <laughs> Completely. And I suspect many of us were incredibly lucky if we went through our 20s without getting something. I mm. I, I, I ended up with a few things. <laughs> and, and I think yeah. especially if you're sexually active, it's difficult yeah. not to end up with a few things. None of them were like super serious and I don't have to be on long-term medication or any of that but obviously we went through the AIDS generation friends of mine died um friends of mine live with AIDS um and HIV and Mm. they have to take all sorts of medication ongoing medication for that um you know when I was a kid I got chlamydia which is one of those things especially as a woman that you can just wander around with for ages without even knowing that you've got it you know there's a few of these things that actually you don't really even know that you've got until you've got them and you sort of go like oh god that's a bit smelly or (laughs) you know or whatever and then you have to deal with that or I remember but I remember I remember a few very, very awkward conversations where somebody rang me up to tell me again in my 20s that he had gonorrhea. Mm. And that was my very first visit to a sexual health clinic. And it was somebody I'd only had uh, seen once or twice, you know, and I remember, yeah, and I remember that really awkward conversation where I was like, wow, okay, thanks for that. And now I have to go and see someone and potentially do this and do that and take medication and everything. And I felt really, yeah, I felt really pissed off. I think that's the thing. I felt really angry, like this had happened to me, right? Even though I didn't end up contracting it, I felt mad that, you know, A, I hadn't been cautious, right? I suppose that's the main thing. It's like, I thought that was fucking stupid. I hadn't. Why didn't I use protection? But who did use protection in the eighties? Like nobody. Yeah, well, that's you know, you you have to take. I think that's that's where the youthful um, attitude that one still has is a bit of a problem because um, you have to take responsibility for it, and you know you don't know what other people have, Um, and for a man, you know. 
if you're doing anything at all uh, risky, then you just have to wear a condom. You know, yeah, yeah, that's yeah. all there is to it. And I think our generation has a real problem with that. It's um, huge. A generation of men who were really brought up um, without condoms. I mean, I I wasn't very sexually active as a young person, um, and that's probably why I've never I've never had anything other than uh, a UTI, yeah. um, which could have been from anything, you know, and was easily um, was easily cured. But um, but I think men growing up in this generation. Have have a real aversion to con- condoms, you know. I, I I think it's the same with the younger generation as well, but to a lesser extent. I mean, I looked at some statistics, and um, for you know the eighteen to twenty four year old age group, the statistics for um, for uh, sexually transmitted infections is is falling actually. Yeah, um, yeah. So they are obviously getting the message. Whereas for older people over fifty, it's rising, and uh, you know it's about seven percent fall amongst the young group, and about fourteen percent increase in the older group. So, you know, there's obviously something going on there, um, and it's to do with with people getting divorced, and you know, a rising divorce rate means more people are now on the market, and trying things out you know and 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 because of this aversion to uh, condoms they're they're picking up more um sexually transmitted infections it's, you know it's it's quite a straightforward um mathematical <laughs> <laughs> you know it just the more you the more you do something the more likely you are to get the side effects of it you know i mean i know that because our, I remember when HIV came in and I had a, a very, very good friend. He's still a very, very good friend who, who's gay. And he had moved to San Francisco after we both went to university. And obviously it was really kicking off then in the, in the this was kind of the mid 80s. Yeah. And he was sending me these letters, which pro- probably I've still got somewhere, warning me of this incoming, you know, this thing that was coming and that, was very, very serious. And he was writing to me like, you've got to make sure that you use a condom. You've got to make sure. And I remember reading these thinking, this is something that happens to other people. Yeah, you know, yeah, it felt yeah. like, it felt like it was a, it was something that happened to people that were gay and it didn't really happen to heteronormative people. And I was kind of, you know, I was a bit lax, blase around the whole thing, if I'm really honest. And then when I when I was living here and the then it became a big thing and, and people realized, no, no, this this happens to everybody. It's not just in gay relationships. Mm. Then of course there was a huge public health campaign that people that are now in their forties, I mean, you know, my best friend is in his forties, he remembers that campaign because he said that that a leaflet appeared in everybody's letterbox from that it was thatcher who Mm. basically said hiv is serious you guys have got and he said at that point the fear of god had been put into so all men of about mid 40s now will have probably an other uh, the extreme reaction which is this was death this Mm. was there was you know this there was this whole talk about death um not that it meant that they used condoms, of no. course, and I still suspect and know that I've certainly been with people who just said I can't use them. 
I just don't get hard. And, you know, they used all of that sort of stuff. Um, So it still is very, very challenging. But there was the generation below us, I think, was that message came through loud and clear. Whereas, as you say, we didn't really take it too seriously. Mm. And therefore, as a result, there's a lot of men who just don't really get on with them or they think they don't get on with them. Mm. And therefore, they won't use them. And therefore, as you say, if you're having a lot of sex and you don't use condoms, then your chance of getting an STD are pretty high. Um, And I think that, A, there's that challenging conversation at our age where... (laughs) where you have to have the conversation that you may not ever have had in your entire life Mm. to say, oh, by the way, I've got something and you need to go to the clinic now and get yourself checked out, which is really boring. Um, But then similarly, there's all the other stuff, which we've kind of touched on before, which is if you're on medication, if you've had prostate cancer, if you've, you know, like there's all sorts of stuff that go on, right? Like, not being able to come or being able to come, but not ejaculate, like all sorts of stuff, which make, which just are frankly, just make you feel a little bit abnormal because, because normal is, you know, you can come in five minutes and if you're a guy and you can do this, if you're a woman and, you know, as we've learned, there's a whole lot of things that we can't do now. And, it's not always easy to have those conversations, well, even for a confident person. Yeah, no, that's right. And and then you've got the problem of how you tell, you know, if you're in a monogamous long-term relationship, you're married or, or you know, anyway, you, you've got a partner. How do you tell that partner that you've picked something up from a, an extramarital affair? I mean, that's that's the side of STIs that is often neglected as well. Um, and that can be for a lot of people. It's the end, you know. It's they know yeah. that if they have to tell their partner they've got this, then you know they're, they're admitting that they've that they've uh, the infidelity has been in play, and um, and you know for many people that's the end. And that you know maybe that's the reason for the increasing divorce divorce rates around older people. You know they're they're having affairs they're sexually active in a way that they were before and now um bang you know it's this explosion <laughs> arrives and then yeah, yeah. how that must be if you've got something like hiv which still has this 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 aura Stick around it of being about about death you know it's um even though now you just take some pills and you can live perfectly normally for the rest of your life. But it's, you know, you don't want to do that, really. I mean, mm. because, as you say, medication is, is a big problem. It can have all sorts of side effects. I, I The medication I'm on for my uh, for my MS, uh, although it's nothing special, it's, it's just um, antidepressants, but I take it for, for other reasons than being depressed. It has an effect on on me sexually as well, um, yeah. and you know there are all, m- massive a number of things that that affect us as older people. As you say, your prostate mm-hmm. cancer, you know, starts increasing. Um, or, or, 
You know, it's just that, well, and also people start dropping off the perch at this age, you know. Yeah. You start... Do you have a jangly bracelet on, by the way? No. Because there's a jangly noise that keeps appearing that sounds like no, you're wearing that's... bells. <laughs> no. It just happened just now. How now? strange. No. How strange. Anyway, just saying. No. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I, I obviously death, death, death is the big one, but I, I, you know, and 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 the fear of, and that's yeah. you know, and that is, and that's aligned with the fear of STIs, isn't it? Yeah. Because STIs feels like, or or any of those things feels like, if it's not caught, it could lead potentially to death, or as syphilis once did, you know, going mad yeah. and all and all sorts of other things, and so you know, and as much as recently you know we both i think we both did those self testing kits which mm. i have to say as much as i love the convenience of getting a box through the mail where i just stick a swab up me and i swirl it around and stuff which is the easy bit i can do that bit without too much like freaking out in my head mm. when the little mm. pin prick thing suddenly appeared and i had to prick oh, my, yeah. the own, the the edge of my finger and then draw enough blood out That's... to get to think, do you know what I was? It, I couldn't do no. it, right? I couldn't do it. And then I looked at how do I get access to a proper sexual health clinic? Well, fucking forget about no, it. No, That's not it. happening unless you're under and eighteen you, or something. You forget you it. Just, forget you just it. Can't. Yeah. So so yeah, I think on the one hand, I understand how they're trying to make this stuff accessible to all of us and make it easy for us to test ourselves. But back in the day when I was very sexually active and I used to have be a regular face at the sexual health clinic, just because I wanted to be, to be safe. You know, I just wanted to know that I was okay. It was just like an in and out thing. Like, okay, I have to, maybe I'd have to wait for half an hour and stuff. But then they'd give me my instant results mostly. Otherwise, I had to wait for a few things, which I didn't mind too much. But at least I knew all those tests were being done properly. I knew that the results I was getting back were accurate results. Now I look at all of this kind of savings that the NHS is making or convenience or whatever Mm. the hell they're calling it because they want us to just take responsibility ourselves or just not pay for people more likely. And Yeah, it's part of a a project to, uh, to force everyone to go private basically you know um but uh, but it's not great for no, you know for me i look at it and i think i don't want to prick my own finger <laughs> i don't want to do this and now i have to send off and i have to find a mailbox and i have to stick it in and did i do it right and that's and and is it going to be accurate and you know how long do i have to wait now for this so for me it's kind of elongated the process it's made it more stressful than it needs to be and frankly i don't completely trust it because i don't know that i'm not a fucking doctor (laughs) i don't know that i've done all these things properly and the last one i did they said you didn't take enough blood so we couldn't measure your whatever it was so i just thought well that's bloody useless then isn't it and now what do i do i can't go to a clinic because you won't let me so yeah it's all it's it's difficult. It's very it's difficult. Really... I couldn't get enough it's... blood either, and um, <laughs> and I, I didn't mind. I don't mind doing it. It's fine. I just ran out of needles. <laughs> I couldn't. I just, just these tiny drops, which is oh, ironic because I had a I had a form of leukemia last year, 
and that meant that I bled all the time. I, you know, <laughs> I would, I would I had little spots on my body that just kept bleeding oh, because I didn't know that oh. I had leukemia. And um, <laughs> <laughs> now that's cleared up. I can't get any blood out at all. <laughs> I don't know what's going on. But I kept jabbing myself with these needles and trying to get squeeze a drop out, and nothing came out. Run out of needles, and I thought, "Oh, shall I just get a sharp knife from the drawer and oh, do shush. a bit of bloodletting?" But I thought, "No, I probably shouldn't do that." <laughs> and you... it's terrible. It's terrible. And then, and then I sent it off, and I hadn't heard anything. And I, I, I they said, uh, "Well, if you don't hear anything, it's all clear." And you think, well, that's all very well, but really, I'd like to hear someone say, "No, it's all clear, it's no problem." You know, it's 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 uh, it was part of the health service falling apart, like everything else in the country, you know. But I'm just saying, it's but I mean, it's not ideal, and especially look, if you're a 50 or 60 plus year old person, it's another thing where again we grew up going to doctors. We had a GP, many of us that we knew for years. We had a discussion about this in Advantages of Age the other day, like how many people know their GP. Mm-hmm. But you know, there was a thing about knowing that the sexual health clinics were there and they were reliable. And okay, you might have to wait a little bit. But you would be able to get not just that, the other thing that they did, which I don't know if they still do, but they used to call up people that you were in contact with if you had something which was transmittable and they would anonymously tell that person that they'd been with somebody that had a sexual transmitted oh, disease really? and they needed to go and see somebody. So that was one of the nice things that they used to yeah. do for us. And, yeah. and that was, and that was actually really good because again, these are not conversations that are easy to have no. with people and you really, really, really don't Mind want you, to be having them if, if you can possibly avoid them. Yeah. If you're in a marriage though, in a, a long-term um, a long-term monogamous relationship and uh, the sexual health clinic rings up and says, you know, you've been with someone who might, might have a sexually transmitted infection. Oh, really? Have I? Oh. <laughs> Can't, you know, it must be a fairly small field of the possibilities. But anyway, that yeah, no, that is a good system, though. I like that system. That was good. But yeah, I mean, I think, you know, for for many of us that have had these sorts of situations, they are, you know, they never, they never stop being challenging. Mm. And when you are, yeah, look, I mean, we all most of, the, you know, the thing is that most of these things are curable. And if they're not curable, then they're definitely manageable. Mm. So, I mean, it's, from my point of view, it's always better safe than sorry. Like if I suspect anything at all, I'm much like I'm hypersensitive to all of this stuff mm. because, you know, like what for a woman, there are some clear yeah, signals, sure. right? There are there are discharges that suddenly appear that are that are more smelly or they're, you mm. know, of a certain consistency. Yeah. And you're just like, oh, that doesn't look very normal. <laughs> I think I need to do something about that. Or, you know, there's other there's other sort of visual signs. I think one of the challenges with being a man is that they're not always so no. obvious. Um, 
And men can walk around with stuff like chlamydia, for instance, Mm. as far as I know, I'm not a doctor, but I think it's true that they can walk around with some stuff for a while without really knowing that they've got it. So that's, you know, that's the other thing. I mean, many, 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 many years ago, probably the most tragic thing, which thankfully didn't affect me. um, And to this day, I don't know why this particular person felt the need to withhold this information from me. But, um, but I was with someone for a significant period of time that had hepatitis C and didn't tell me about oh my that. God. Um, now that could have potentially been a life threatening yeah, um, condition. Mm. And, and we had all sorts of unprotected sex in every way that you can possibly imagine. <laughs> And, um, and multiple times, cause I was with him for a while and it wasn't until his death, which was exacerbated by the way, by his hepatitis oh my C, God. um, that the woman in that one of the, the people in the hospice called me up to invite me in for a chat, which I thought was just about preparing. I thought yep. was just about. No, no, I thought it was just about, like, how am I getting over his death? Like, do I need any grief counseling? Right, right. You know, am I okay? Yeah. Like, all that sort of stuff, right? And said, you know, like, I just, you know, I just want to inform you of the way that he died. And I was like, oh, I thought he just died mm. of cancer. They're like, no, 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 it was, um, it was exacerbated by something else he had that could have, that you could have. And maybe you should go and get checked out. And those were the 10 longest days of my entire life when I was waiting for the results of that, which thankfully were clear. But, you know, I don't understand why he didn't tell me. And, um, you know, it it plagued me that thought of why he didn't tell me um, for a while because I but, you know, it's look, it's a big thing. Like telling somebody that you've got something is a big thing. And if you don't like using condoms, which we never use condoms, Mm. and we didn't even have a chat about them because this was a very long time ago. um, I suspect he just was like, she's going to tell me to fuck off. Yeah, yeah. I think that's that's right. Yeah, that is a very difficult one because if it's a life-threatening illness uh and you got the chance of passing it on it's actually more difficult to tell the person you'd think it would be easier because you know there's a chance of saving someone's life there but actually it's yeah, yeah. It's, it's more difficult isn't it because, you know, you know that all those these illnesses and these these stis have different effects on people there is a kind of yeah. a sliding scale as well Oh, it's only UTI up to oh, I've given you AIDS. You know, it's <laughs> yes, it, that's it's, right. It's it's. it's yeah. I don't know if it makes the conversation any easier or more difficult. You know, if it's a more serious disease, it's very difficult. I've got really very little. I'm happy to say very little um, experience <laughs> in this field, <laughs> having only had yeah. had the UTI once. I've unfortunately got way too much. Well, I can imagine. I can imagine. And that's what makes you so attractive. (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, like I said, nothing, nothing life threatening and nothing, nothing that, you know, isn't like curable or manageable. So that's good. Um, But yeah, I think it's still about, 
um, it, it, and it also, look, it also really depends, as you said, on the circumstances in which you're telling this person. If you're in a monogamous long-term relationship and you happen to cheat and pick something up, then I suspect on the scale of one to 10 shitty conversations, I wish I never had to have <laughs> in my life. That's that, probably 11. That's number 10. That's, a, that's <laughs> an 11 or 12. And then yeah. if you if you move down to, I just met you yesterday, but I quite like you and I'd like to continue seeing yeah. you, but now I've given you some something potentially that you might not really want, or you're going to have to like go to a doctor or ask for the kid or mm. something. That's on, that's still yeah. shitty because it's, it's still, it's still not, it's still not the conversation you want to but have. It's the better end of the um, stick. Yeah. Yeah. And then if you're kind of in an open relationship, you know, the circumstances in which I got something else, which was totally curable was in a group of people that were all supposed to be, um, uh, supposed to be doing things with the, within the confine of our small group again mm-hmm. a long time ago um and one of the people decided that they were going to do very high risk sexual activity without using a condom and risking the entire health of our group outside of outside right outside yeah. of the group so they they left they went off and they were invited to some shag fest with yeah, yeah. you know and it was just it was just going to be bad news it was it was like it was something that mm. you know it's it, it was such high risk activity it was just yeah. ridiculous um and he decided that he was going to do that without practicing mm. safe sex and then brought his little disease into the oh, into God. the group or yeah. you know and um and that effectively ended my uh my willingness or real desire to be to do any of that kind of activity Mm. again really I just I just thought no that was surfing a little bit too close to the edge Mm. and yeah I'm not gonna I've had my fun and now I'm gonna stop all of that and you know and I'm and I'm much more as as well just like really much more on it I would say when it comes to the whole safe thing because because I know what happens when yeah. you're not, and it's just really not yeah, fun, yeah. you know. I think but, that's right. So, so, you know, but if you've never had anything like that, of course, then your willingness to trust other people, to believe what they've told you, to just go, ah, oh, it's just a one-off, yeah. it'll be fine, is is much. Well, greater. it's like it's like because, this, you know, getting pregnant, you know. The the myths around that, you know, you can't get pregnant the first time and you can't get pregnant if you do it standing up and, <laughs> you know, all these things you believed when you were 16, they're sort of transferable to, uh, to STIs. I know you won't get it the first time and blah, blah, blah. You know, all sorts of these. Yeah. Or I had a really good wash. Yeah, or you'd right. be yeah. like, I took a, I took a pee and I washed really With well bleach. afterwards. Yeah. And I did all that. And, you know, <laughs> I mean, that was the, in the uh, you know, in the army, there was this thing because it was quite rife in the army, I think. Um, you know, yeah. and there, there's lots of myths that go around there as well about using bleach and pouring bleach down the end of your cock and God. all that sort of stuff. And people, no. yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't know if anyone ever did it, but that was, you know, oh, this will sort you out, you know. This, this and and the whole thing is surrounded by these myths, and I think this is something that 
certainly older men, maybe not older women, but older men carry with them as well. You know, this yeah. this ignorance that there was in the 60s um, when, when the yeah, whole yeah, yeah. sort of liberation of sexuality took off. The ignorance yeah. there was around, uh, around STIs and then, as you say, HIV coming on, along later. We still carry those with us, you know. We still, we, yeah, we still yeah. very, find it very hard to get rid of those um, of that mythology and and those and those false rumours <laughs> about ways you could help to protect this yourself, you know. So I don't know. Do people still use cling film? Yeah, I mean. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, you know, the other thing that we just haven't mentioned, of course, is that women, you know, older women, especially because the vaginal walls are thinner and there's all sorts of other stuff. You know, we talked about vaginal atrophy in another yeah. episode and things is that, you know, I know that condoms themselves are they're not great um, be, because of the fact that you are introducing this you know, latex or whatever, rubber, whatever it's made out of, I don't know what's made out well, of, um, yeah. into your, you know, into yourself. And as a result of that, for me, anyway, there's more irritation that comes from using mm. those than skin to skin contact, which I just find leads to less irritation just yeah. generally. So I'm also aware that, you know, and, and often men seem to like when they put on condoms, I, you know, I suspect I'm not a guy, I don't have a dick, but I, I, you know, I suspect it reduces your sensitivity. And as a result of that, you tend to be, you know, hard, you know, it tends to be like harder fucking because you want to get that friction, which then is not great for older women, especially because that's all the stuff that does all the, you know, it's just really, really can be quite Mm. painful. So like, there's also, and you know, I don't know how much of this is mental myself, like, Mm. because again, I didn't use them in my youth. So I have a bit of a, I myself have a bit of a thing going that it just feels, you know, feels like slightly foreign and dry and you need to use a lot of lube and you know there's just mm. a lot of things that are conversations that if you're not used to having sexual conversations with other people which is what we've been talking about throughout this entire series of podcasts yeah. let's face it is about the importance mm. of conversations and communications but bloody hell it's difficult when you're when you're like i think i'm going to need more lube yeah. or you know and you're really going to have to stop doing that so hard cuz it really hurts you know and and well, I can't feel anything because I'm wearing it. Yeah. It's just like, it's just so, there's so yeah, many yeah, things. Yeah. Although so, condoms. That I can condoms understand why some people just are like. Uh, um, yeah. And you can get non-latex yeah. condoms or. or Ones. That, you know, yeah. di- different sorts of condoms that, that get around a lot of those problems, um, apparently. Yeah. but. We're still waiting for those freebies to turn up. Yeah, yeah. It's not always the best option, I think. <laughs> but certainly they are available. I mean I've been I've been to clubs where you just grab handfuls of thing of the things and lube as well, yes. you know, with certain yes. sort of clubs. <laughs> um uh, <laughs> and and you know at uh, one point I had hundreds of blue things hanging around, but I don't know what they were. They were sort of anonymous condoms. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah. It could be those, <laughs> They're condoms could that be have those no, Catholic condom, no name. condoms that have uh, a hole in the end, you know. <laughs> Indeed. No, I know that, um, well, I mean, speaking of that, I know that I used to, back when I used to visit sexual health clinics, of course, that was the other thing, is that sexual health clinics used to give you a paper bag full of condoms and and sachets mm-hmm. of lube if you wanted them and there was that site that I went on that still sends you out free ones I can't remember but I'll have to find the name of it remember and they Mm. and they send you they they do send them to you so that's the other thing of course is that they're not cheap and the ones the vegan ones that we were going to get samples of um they they're they're certainly not cheap and so you know there's there's the other thing as well it's like it's great to say about safe sex and all this sort of thing but if you go to the chemist and you suddenly look and think i can't afford yeah. that like you know like like i can't afford to spend a tenner yeah. on that or whatever it happens to be and so there you know uh, for me like all of this sort of stuff is where do we receive the education which i've no. never had about having those difficult no. conversations where do we receive the education I've never had about the importance of safe sex? Where do I receive the education I never had about how to make practicing safe sex sexy, which is what my friend Anne Philpot, mm. who we spoke to, that's what her, you know, her not-for-profit does. But, you know, why is this not embedded in the national health system? Because it's not it's hard enough as an older person to get to grips with all of this shit, (laughs) frankly, when you weren't brought up to believe Mm. that you needed to do or pay attention to any of this, much less to have somebody say to you, right, here's how to have that uncomfortable conversation that you need to have about X, Y, and Z. That's precisely it. It's people feel uncomfortable talking about sex. And certainly about the mechanics of sex. Um, it's, you know, it's all very well talking about the emotions of sex, but actually the me- mechanics of it and how to protect yourself and how, you know, all the things that that can go wrong. You know, it's, it's difficult conversations, um, but certainly ones yeah. that, that people need to have. Yeah. And I think, you know, I've spoken to a few women recently who have not been with anybody for so many years. And in uh, in fact, yesterday when I went on a little walk, we briefly touched on this (laughs) and this, well, yeah, quite a significant walk. Um, And this woman said, oh, you know, I haven't been intimate with anybody for so many years. And I, and, and, and Rose was saying, you know, I always think that Suzanne is, you know, I have to, feel encouraged that's you know she's she's still out there living at large and i said well you know if you don't use mm. it you lose it and that's and unfortunately that it, w- when it comes to women as we've heard from multiple people working mm. in this area that is that's like a real mm. possibility you know you can have all sorts yeah. of health problems if you don't keep things down there <laughs> you know active right like even if it's using dildos on yourself or whatever it happens to be you have to keep it you know masturbation or like all of that sort of stuff 
Otherwise, the chances again of ending up with something which could just be a UTI, let's face it, could just be cystitis. I mean, not that I'm downplaying any of it, it's fucking awful. But, you know, the chances of ending up with all of these things, if you're not active with yourself, with others in some way is is again, like you can end up with your own personal health problems that are really quite significant ones. So the point of all of this is, I guess, educate yourself. Education, communication, and uh, yeah, be safe out there, kids. You know, (laughs) (laughs) be safe out there. And that's all from us at Sex Advice for Seniors. Be safe yeah. out there, kids. It's a bit of a long way round, but you know. <laughs> we do. We always anyway. get there in the end. Yeah. Have we done uh have we done half an hour? Yes, we've done thirty-six minutes. Goodbye okay. everyone. Good. All right then. See you soon. <laughs>